Are you looking for a way to keep warm during this Christmas season? Introducing the newest innovation. Well, it's not so new. I mean, people on the street do it. It's called squatting. Pick a dilapidated house and board it up and light a fire anywhere you choose. If you come to the city of Toronto, we'll provide you with a wide array of empty homes to choose from, including a duplex, studio apartment, or two-bedroom. Your next fire is just an eviction away. Squatting. Stay warm, boo-boos. Hey, Mitchell. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I don't even know how to feel about that fake ad. Well, anytime, anytime I have you on, I want to make it like a habit where it's a tradition where I just do a really dumb, moronic ad. Yeah, please do that. I'm, I'm always going to ha- be very enthusiastic. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as I, I just wrote it on the train. <laughs> I'm like, I, I forgot I needed to I needed to think of something. Think of something that's just going to annoy Mitchell. Yeah, it was either going to be like a really complex sex toy, like just a dildo that was made out of like iron or something like that, or <laughs> just, I don't know, squatting felt good. But uh, it's, good to, it's good to be here in your, uh, your home, your humble abode. I didn't leave. I still have the sunroof. I still have the awkward billboard above me. Yeah. Did they change the billboard since the last time I was here? Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I guess they, I don't know. That's a dumb question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the weird uh, um, billboard. I, I feel like they have to change it eventually, though, because it's Christmas season, but whatever. We're, we're recording this during the Christmas season. Yeah, it is, what are we, late November? What is it, the 26th right now? I don't know. Oh, I, I honestly thought it was December. I got to get uh, my Christmas shopping done early because I normally go a week before Christmas. Like, I just wait until everything. That's how little my family means to me. <laughs> and I love them very much, but I, I do feel like a little bit of a degenerate when I'm Christmas Eve shopping, that, that's, elbowing old ladies in the face. I do agree with you on that because I, I feel like slowly, like once you start hitting like 30, you start like slowly feeling like, I don't really care about my family. <laughs> like you're like, you be like, you want to, because you want to create your own family. So right. now you're just like looking at your other family and kind of going like, I love you, but like, I just want my own family now. Well, I love my parents. Well, I'm a single guy. You're not a single guy. So right now, like my family, I'm, I'm kind of in this weird predicament where I'm going back and forth between Toronto and Mississauga to go see my parents. I'm sometimes living with them for like two weeks, staying in my old bedroom. It's like I've never left. It's like I've never grown up. So these are like really. It's it, like a nightmare. It, it is kind of a nightmare. Inclu- well, it's also that I go to my old local watering hole bar that I used to. Oh, attend. don't do that. I do it all the time. Oh. That place is like the fucking Star Wars cantina if it was a real place. Do Are the same people still there? Oh, yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> do they like they aged out bad, didn't they? Uh, a couple of them did. But you know what? You'd be surprised. There's wonderful innovations in cocaine <laughs> where it's it is, uh, again, uh, it does something to the skin, to the uh, whatever it's called, the collagen in your skin, whatever that uh, protein is that uh, whatever you need to not age or whatever. I'm not a scientist, but yeah, there are some of those guys that are aging quite gracefully. And it is because of the wonders of drug use. <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing. It's the, the times we're living in. Everyone does coke now. It's kind of like because for you and me, like I think that's like one of the reasons why like I'm friends with you because like you kind of like see like I I just don't really I can't, I can't do it. Like I know a lot of comedians do coke. I've never done it, but I've never done it. I've never touched it. Yeah, no, I've been around it 
so many times for probably a good 10 years now and i've never i've never touched it yeah i've never touched it either i i've seen so many people do, do it i remember the first time i saw someone do coke and i'm like well i'm never doing it now because they just did it on a dirty like kitchen counter and or, i was just like oh i'm never i'm never doing that or <laughs> the back of a toilet seat or okay well the bar that i go to the bar that i've gone to forever and again this is a nice bar i'm not going to say the name of it it's a nice bar the service is great. The food is wonderful. The clientele questionable. That's the only problem. But I remember every time going into the bathroom, this was like from my early 20s to now when I, if, whenever I go back, because I'll just go for a drink. The toilet paper dispenser, that plastic sort of top, you always see the white powder residue on top of it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. people are just doing fucking bumping rails right on top of that. I remember I, when I used to work for that uh, trucking company, and uh, we were doing this restaurant on King Street West. We, uh, like me and my other coworker, we like we did the job. And then I'm like, oh, I need to go use the bathroom. And then the, the the kitchen staff is like, oh, it's just down the hall. And I go in, and then my uh, coworker Devender walks in with me. I should be not saying his name right now. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> it's, it's that's a great name. <laughs> but uh, so we walk in, and hang like, on, hang on, hang on. This is not the person's real name. No, his name is Devinder. Oh, okay. I thought you were just thinking of an Indian dude and you didn't want to say his name. So you just went, yeah, so my buddy Devinder. <laughs> no. <laughs> I openly just admitted his name is Devinder. <laughs> you just make up a gibberish Indian name. No, his name is actually Devinder. <laughs> but um, so, no, fucking now. Devinder was with me and we were like both in the bathroom and I, I went to go take a shit. He went to go take a piss. And... I was like, I was like, I took a shit, but then like I opened the the stall and I'm like, I'm like, Devinder, look at this. And he, and Devinder is like, he's not like, like, he's not like, he's from India, but like, he's pretty like, he's pretty like, like there. He, right. he was like, he's like, I don't want to look at your shit. Like, what are you like? What are you, what are you asking for? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not that. And I'm like, look at this. And he like, I'm pointing at the, where they put like the, the toilet paper. There's like this like nice silver, like like little stand for anyone to come and do coke and we're like and we're like looking at it and there's like coke residue like all over and i was like when was this fucking place cleaned it's like like no one cleans the fucking coke residue off the fucking top of like the fucking toilet paper dispenser like this is insane like it just i just could not like wrap my head around it i i've seen i'm trying to think of the grungiest places where i've seen coke residue i mean the the bathroom any to do coke in a bathroom, that's kind of c- cocaine and bathrooms are synonymous with each other. But it is really the grimiest place I can think of to do cocaine. I can't think of a grimier place. I mean, like you know, you can go like a miscellaneous, like a fucking whatever, a uh, subway station of you know whatever fucking. I I can't think of a worse place to do cocaine or any type of drug other than a bathroom. Where there's guys in there, everybody's shitting, they're pissing, they're doing. There's guys again. I've I've heard of guys jerking off in bathroom stalls. Really? Yeah. I mean, you are at you are at your bottom when I think you're doing cocaine in, in a bathroom. <laughs> Have you ever gone to the Madison Pub? Yes. Oh my times. god, that that bar. If you go, just use the bathroom. That's just that's a yeah. rack in there. That place is like the Madison Avenue Pub is like a labyrinth for date rapists. <laughs> It's it's the worst place. It's just the scummiest place. Well, it's weird because like there's like I've I've gone. I don't there, like it. I've gone there where like professors from like UFT and like Georgetown. I mean, George, right across the street. Yeah, George Brown are like 
just like having drinks and talking and then like all of a sudden all the college kids are walking in and then they simultaneously just like leave because they just don't want to be about like right. this like chaos that's going to happen and then you like it it only takes like 25 minutes for the men's bathroom to look like a complete war zone it's just disgusting it well, looks like it looks like the movie 1917 it just looks disgusting it looks look looks like the <laughs> grossest place i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> everybody's leaving the bathroom with trench foot <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're just regretting everything you're like so oh. that's where that fungus came from <laughs> no that's a terrible place well i got a story that whole street madison avenue or whatever madison avenue like it's fucking manhattan um what was it uh Madison Street or whatever the fucking oh it is the Madison Avenue whatever pub oh, I'm a dummy it's cocaine um but uh I remember we did a fundraiser this is 2017 me and my buddy we were trying to produce a short film and we wanted to raise money so my buddy had connections to one of these guys who ran a frat house that was literally right next door from the Madison Avenue pub so we had it it was like mid May uh 2017 my buddy goes, we're going to do this fundraiser. We're going to invite everybody. We're going to have 500 people partying at this frat house. They're letting us use it for the night. It was a whole whole ordeal. So I get there. And this just gives you a sense of how these people live. Frat boys are savages. I mean, like the new, the movie Neighbors does not do them enough justice. I mean, like any, any story you hear about frat guys doing these weird fraternity things, like you got to eat a dead rat out of this, you know, homeless guy's asshole or whatever it is, like whatever mm-hmm. their um, uh, hazing ritual is. Um, it, it, it doesn't do it justice. I mean, we get there. I get there early to help set up. And I go downstairs to put out plastic cups to set up, set out drinks. We had a few beer kegs that we carried down. And I remember I'm down there in this basement and there's nothing but half full cups of beer just lying around and i'm like oh shit they must have been partying last night okay these guys are busy dudes whatever they didn't clean up so i remember i go outside to have a cigarette and there's a couple of the dudes sitting on this sofa that they've just carried out onto the porch like just somebody's home sofa and i remember saying to them i'm just making conversation i'm like so you guys were partying last night you guys uh seem like you you know you 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 were you were getting busy or whatever And they go, what are you talking about? I go, oh, I just see all the cups uh, with, with beer in them. You guys must have had a party last night. And they go, uh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so you guys didn't do anything last night? He's like, no, oh, the last one we did was, I think, like, fucking mid-March. <laughs> so they had half full cups of moldy beer Ew. that were just sitting there. Ew. That's how they live. They don't give a shit. Like that that's that's your early 20s in a nutshell for a lot of these college kids. You know a lot of a lot of girls now they like post on TikTok like going into like a like a college dorm room. And I think like a lot of people are very like pol- like polarized towards TikTok because they like they go like oh they're stealing your data blah blah. But like that's a, that's actually nice because it kind of gives you like an insight of like what college life is if you've never been to college right. and like this is how like a college kid is technically living. Like girls will go in and like they're about to go like hook up with the guy that they find very attractive, and they walk in like the doors broken, right? Dishes are everywhere. The bathroom looks like the fucking club that they met them at. Yeah. Like it just looks absolutely disgusting. So it is kind of like a nice insight to be like, wait, 
are they going to be civilized human beings living with a bunch of guys? No, absolutely not. I think it, it takes like men like a couple more years for them to be like civilized human beings. Like, yeah, like a, a frat house is going to be disgusting. Yeah, it's going to be bad no matter what you do. Yeah. Well, this is also a testament to how terrible our generation is. I feel like going to college is our generation's version of going to war. Because after you were finished high school back in the day, like in the 1940s, 50s, my, like you would just join the army. Like you would just join or whatever you would join. This is for dudes mostly, but you would join the army. You would either do two years of service or you would go to war or whatever. Our version of that is just doing fucking going to homecoming games and doing battle with the opposing team. And everybody's drunk and everybody's fucking and everybody's having a great time. And, you you know, you're, you're snorting coke off your buddy's girlfriend's ass and you you know she's doing it off your ass and it's a whole uh it's a whole game no i i totally understand that like it, it's it's a very like surreal world where like at at a certain point where like you have to like you you it is kind of like war where you have to like kind of like get out at one point because if you don't you're just gonna like it's gonna be like severe and bad like if you like continue to be like in that partying way like it's like it's just like it's too much coke too much partying sure. it's like, like i think like at a certain point you have to leave the college life if you don't it just it's just you're just going to be a complete degenerate yeah. and just like, well, throw your life away i agree college is one thing but i feel like it also it also counts for people who don't go to college because there's some people who don't go to college and they're just a complete mess they don't do anything right and I'm, that's not to say you have to go to college to have, earn a living or have a career or anything like that. You certainly don't. I mean, it helps. It is what it is. But there's people outside of college who all they do is just go to the bar. They go to a, like I, I know people who are in their early 30s who will go to a bar and then meet a bunch of 21 year olds and then go literally go to an after party right after with them. Yeah. Like just yeah, at yeah. three in the morning. Yeah. It's like, dude, you you ideally should be looking to have a family. You should be looking to just expand your horizons a little bit and move on because you're eventually going to be 45 and you don't want to be that bar fly who's just hanging around, doing shots, doing, you know, trying to bum free Jameson shots off of the hot well, bartender. We talked, we talked about this too, like recently, like when we were at that uh, open mic, we were like, we were like saying like, I don't want to be the guy like, like now that like things are like slightly like cool things are happening for us. Like I, I don't want to be the the guy at the bar until like 12 a.m. I don't want to be yeah. the, like. And I, I sometimes I, am like, that's just it. Like I, I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm slowly starting to get out of that. Like I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm trying to cut back on the booze a little more and I'm, I'm trying to do the, but I still find like when I'm back in Mississauga, I just go over to the, the bar because I'm bored. Right. And there's people there that I know. And I got to learn not to fall into that trap because I don't want to be there as much anymore. Like I want to I want to move on and fucking evolve in my life. Yeah. No, it it, it you, you don't want to like like. I think that the cool thing is like right now, it's like all these cool things are happening for us. So like why stop that momentum by like getting into like a drug habit, like mm -hmm. becoming like a drunk and everything because like i feel like there's so much cool things that are happening for us why squander it? why ruin sure. it like it's like you got to do like you got to like do like 
a headlining set where like you got to perform in front of all these people and like it was like you did like 30 minutes or like 40 minutes and like I it was 30, cool yeah. and like you got to like just be part of something and like we're, we're now like opening for like really established acts and like all right. these cool things are happening it's like why ruin that for like just like a night of partying and then like you just get into a coke addiction and then like everything is squandered like you you're like so deep in debt with because you you bought so much coke and just ruined your life and then like everyone can't trust you anymore because you became like so unreliable like it's sure. just it's just things like that you, you, you're just gonna fuck yourself over and i know people like that and i've i've had to discipline myself because i will go to a place like the royal and next thing i know i'm like okay you know what i'm gonna have one beer i'm just gonna have one beer i'm gonna have one little pussy coors light and i'm gonna call it a night why don't you just buy a pbr it's cheaper I'm not a Korean War veteran. <laughs> That's Clint Eastwood juice. That's what I call it. What PBR? Yeah, Paps Blue Ribbon. That's what he's drinking in Gran Torino. That's his. <laughs> that's his drink of choice. Well, I'm Clint Eastwood then, baby. I mean, okay. <laughs> Clint Eastwood would love you. <laughs> Clint Eastwood would despise me. <laughs> yeah, like how you're trying to be so cool, and then your 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 coffee snaps. <laughs> Here, you're, like, you're like oh shit no i'm nerdy it's the stress baby i haven't jerked off since 3 a.m <laughs> i would love to do that just once to a car of kids driving by just the clint eastwood grand torino just the, the finger gun and just cock it back and just <laughs> <laughs> it's just the neighbor's ukrainian mom looking that... at me <laughs> what are you doing so uh, I watched uh, that uh, movie, by the way, that uh, you guys all told me to watch. Uh, Which one? All Quiet on the... On the Western Front. On, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. My favorite movie of the year so far. Yeah, it's um, it was really depressing, man. Well, World War One was not exactly a bastion of, you know, optimism. I, no, I, 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 know, I know that, but like it was like, you know what it, what it, what it was? It's like... They romanticized World War Two way too much, where like people forgot about how like tragic World War One was. So like now these movies that are coming out that are like, yeah, depicting World War One, yeah, instead of World War Two yeah. is actually way better because it's actually showing like yeah. the gravity. Because like because like even in nineteen seventeen, those guys look like they're like sixteen, seventeen. They Go, were, yeah. And, people people would lie about their age. Yeah, and they're and they're going into war, and they don't like even even uh in the in the uh, in in quiet all yeah. like they they in the beginning of the movie they were like all happy they were like cheering that they were going to war. Well, it, and it, you're just like yeah. you're like not understanding the gravity of it. It chronicles, I think, perfectly the or what from what I've read the experience of what soldiers went through at that time. I mean, that was really. And again, I don't know necessarily the the exact history, but how they propagandized that war in particular, where it was it was widely romanticized. World War II had romanticization as well, but there was also the parents of those kids who had fought in World War One, who were there, who had lived it, right, and who were whose lives were ruined from what they did, who were there to kind of remind them of like, no, this is not glorious. War is not good. Like, did you ever see Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's basically like that. Like, I think it perfectly outlines, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Hugo Weaving, the guy who plays Agent Smith. The guy, uh, he's the World War One veteran. He's Andrew Garfield's father. And Andrew yeah. Garfield wants to go to, to war. He's like, I want to serve my country. I want to work as a medic. I want to do this. And he goes, I don't think you understand. You don't even want to carry a gun. 
I don't, this war is not going to fit in with your ideals. That's one of the things he says, because he knows, like, he's like, you're, if you come back, you're not going to be thanking your God. You're not going to be praising anybody. No, no. I think that, like, it's a good template for, like, because, like, here's the thing, like, even when I was, like, in high school, like, a lot of people were like, oh, I want to go to war. I want to, I want to be, uh, go into the army and everything but like no one really understands like the gravity of going into the army so yeah. once you're actually there you go like oh okay it was like and like now like people are openly going on social media that were in the army going like oh i don't i, I wish i never joined the army my buddy max ross knows people i mean he was talking to me about a guy who came back from afghanistan and he had to end up sleeping on his couch because he punched his wife in the face waking up from a night terror Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She, I think, grabbed onto him as he was he was waking up. Yeah. And he she grabbed his shoulder and he flipped out on her. And uh, like, again, just the weight of that, like knowing that you've done that and the guilt that would come from that is insane. No, no, I, I, I completely understand that. Like it, it's it's not the it's it's also like it's also like all these things that are like correlating in the movies too were like it's kind of interesting because like when i was like watching it you we were like you're also like realizing that like none of these like there's no good ending in any of these films no. both 1917 and all quiet like it's it's just these movies are just depressing and even fury hacksaw ridge like all these movies are just depressing no matter what the ending is yeah and it just shows that like there's going to be darkness no right. matter what the outcome is because they lost friends, they lost family members, right. they lost brothers, they lost like so much stuff. They they lost right. lives. Like they lost like years of their lives just just being so traumatized yeah. that they can never come back to it. That's so, like another thing where like it's just it's just where war is just like what are we really yeah. doing this for? Well, I, I almost feel as if the lucky one, and this has been said before, but in war, I feel like almost the lucky ones are the ones who do die in a way. Cause yeah, sure. You get to leave and you get to go home and live and you can get treatment. You can still live a life, but you're living obviously with horrible PTSD. You're living basically scarred for the rest of your days from shit that you've done. Yeah. Like all those, like there's like war movies that were like, even like depicted in like, in like modern times where like, when you're watching Lone Survivor, like Lone Survivor is just like brutal. Like that yeah. whole like cliff scene where like Mark Wahlberg is just like falling from like right. edge to edge to edge. That just just looks brutal. Like Black Hawk Down, like every single scene just looks like traumatizing. You don't want right. to be in any fucking scene in that movie. And then like even like um, God, like what's it? like American Sniper? Like even though there's like really bad scenes in that movie especially yeah. the fake baby but like but like american sniper is not like it, it it's just no. traumatizing well it, it also that movie brings you into the psyche of of those guys who came back from that war in particular like him who again he can't even listen to his newborn baby crying because he immediately his brain goes back to a time when there was a little child getting a fucking screwdriver through the head yeah exactly so that's you know a lot um my headphones just fucking stupid. But um yeah. No, I uh I I think 
And well, I, I may be going out on a limb here, but I, I do think that there's one thing that we can agree on, and that is war is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but war movies are good, and they should come back more. That's what that I, I personally believe that. I think I, we have a lot of them, though. No, but I but I think that for the new generation, there there needs to be way more war movies because I sure uh, I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting and. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like depicting like what what is like important in life, right? And like like there's like scenes in like All Quiet where you're just like watching it and you kind of go like, yeah. oh, this is not gonna end well for you, and like it's just being like too optimistic, like just like well, it's just it's just things like that where you're just like right. watching that, and also it's kind of showing the new generation of like how lucky you really are. You're oh, yeah. sitting in a room playing Twitch yelling at someone and then you go yeah. like, i'm so traumatized well someone hurt my feelings fuck you dude this guy fucking put his hand through a fucking dead body and then like they pulled it out and then rats came out of it shut your fucking mouth <laughs> well i mean just the fact that we we're able to sit in a room and do this and just sit with microphones and talk about our penises yeah i mean that is that is really why we fight in a way yeah that's why i think that's truly why veterans have fought for me to just make dick jokes and talk about us us bombing us bombing at a at an open (laughs) mic that's what the veterans fought for yes we stormed normandy so i can talk about cum (laughs) so i can bomb with my cum jokes my uh my my goal was to uh for my fathers to fight for me so then i could open a hipster coffee shop that's what i wanted (laughs) So I can drink cashew milk. I've been uh, watching. A That's lot That's why the paratroopers. Jumped. I've been watching a lot of uh, Western movies. Uh, have a, hang on, hang on. We're, we're, we're we don't. I don't want to segue into West. I, I'm having fun talking about war movies. Okay, but my, uh, you know what? I, if they are going to bring back more war movies, if they're going to keep doing them, I think they should bring back more more war movies and uh, and westerns. But uh, hang on, we, but the, uh, we, we'll go back to westerns at one point. I want war movies to be. Because with All Quiet on the Western Front, because we haven't even talked about it really all that in depth. I, th- I think we've kind of strayed off into talking about other movies. But, I mean, there is that from the very beginning. I mean, that opening shot of that fucking guy. It's a whole tracking shot of him going from the trench, climbing up, running through the field. His buddies are all dropping beside him. And this is a German guy. This is a fucking, this is the enemy that I'm, I'm sympathizing with. These kraut fucks. I'm German, by the way. My grandfather. Yeah, um, but like also at the same time, it just like, like I feel like both German and English and American, like no one knew like what like everyone thought that they were fighting for the good guy, right? So it's not like you're not doing anything wrong. These are just foot soldiers, right. and like and then they thought that they were doing something right. At well, the end of the day, it's like it's like it's like I'm not being sympathetic towards Nazis, and I I would never be sympathetic towards Nazis, but like yeah. they like. Like even in the in the boy in the striped pajamas, there's like a significant scene where like um, the the father that's that that uh, bred the 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 son mm-hmm. that's a Nazi. Right. He um like that meets the boy in the striped pajamas. Like uh, the father has a fight with his father, and the and the grandfather is going like, "No, what you're doing is wrong. Like sure. like you don't understand what you're doing is wrong." But but the father is going like. No, like you don't understand. Like this is going to be a good thing. So no one knows that they're doing anything wrong yeah. until like 
the gravity of the situation is actually like uphold and they see like this like what you're doing is so wrong dude this is like fucked up like this is not a good thing so all those germans that are in the movie quiet these like like western like they don't understand that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, like, well, it's it's important to remember though that those guys were not Nazis. The Nazis no, came I'm, World I'm just, War II. I'm, I'm, I'm they were the yeah. Like, I'm just saying that like the Germans, like the I'm not Germans, telling you. I'm just yeah. The Germans are not wrong. The, the like like no one yeah. like I feel like no one's no. wrong. And well, at the end of the day, because like at the end of the day, like they were just not young naive kids that were going into war, right? And they didn't see the gravity of it. Well, like World War One in particular, that was just a culmination of basically centuries of just empires and sort of this cold tension between them. I mean, people were fighting and there were wars before them, but I mean, it was literally just empires clashing. So you had the British empire, you had the Ottoman empire, like the Turks, and then you had the Russians and then you had the German empire and then the French, which was a Republic at that point and all the other, you know, fucks. Um, Everybody just kind of clashed, right? So there was no particular good guy or bad guy in that. It was literally just, the emperors like the Kaiser and the king and all those people just sending their boys to war, like these young guys to war. And it was a logistical nightmare. I mean, millions of people died. 20, I think 20 million people. So it was, oh, and it was also the first industrialized war. So it was the first one with fucking tanks and they had flamethrowers and they had all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, I thought it was only like 16 million people died, which is like still a big number. But like, I, I didn't know it was 20 million. That's That's still like... Jesus Christ, that's that's a big number, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it like it just really shows like the gravity of like what war really is, like what like what's gonna lie ahead if you get into this like sticky like situation, which is war. And I I think that like World War One movies are really interesting right now because World War Two has been like too like stomped down. It's like, been done. Yeah, it's been done. We know like the gravity of like a war war like world war ii was like we know like the the casualties in it like it's like the holocaust everything hitler's bad we get it like we know but like world war one is not really documented that well like it's It's, not like it's not like it was depicted no but it wasn't like depicted in film that well compared to world war ii world war ii was too like it was too romanticized. It was like it was like everyone wants to like put a movie about it. Like, well, I don't I don't know if it was romanticized. I mean, it was certainly. I think movies have romanticized it. I think that going back to my point originally, I think there was again like the propaganda would say, "Well, go go," you know, the the Japanese are coming, and then the the Germans and the blah blah blah. Like everybody, you know, they needed guys to go fight, right? So they needed to romanticize it to a degree to make war look kind of glorious, so people want to go. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think that World War Two. I mean, I think we have a, a quite a bit of documentation to show. Do you ever watch the? Um, this is a great thing to bring up. Uh, five came back, which is the uh, the documentary. It's on Netflix. It's about the uh, five uh, American filmmakers that went overseas. Oh, so you had Frank Capra. I think John Ford. You had a couple other. I guys. did. I did see that. Five yeah, came yeah, back. Yeah, yeah I I'm did. Just see gonna that. look at the fucking. Wish I had a producer. I did. I did see that. Yeah. I'm gonna pay. <laughs> no, no. I uh, like. Uh, what about it? Well, no. It's basically about the filmmakers that they went through like basic training. They they did the whole thing. These guys were like middle aged dudes at that point who went overseas and and documented the battles. 
behind the camera mm-hmm. and then brought it back so it would play in movie theaters for people to see, okay, you know, this is what's happening. This is what's happening in North Africa. This is what's happening in Italy. This is what's happening over here. So you, you it was basically a newsreel that they were showing, right? That's They needed people to go. Film, and so these, these Hollywood directors went over. So it was John Ford, Will, William Wyler, John Huston, Frank Capra, and George Stevens. So those are the... Frank Capra is the guy who did It's a Wonderful Life. I was fascinated by that because like it was they were just they they were filmmakers in like like on the battlefield. So like yeah. I just found that so interesting that like they were there yeah. f- depicting it yeah. and just sh- because I like, there's always those videos of like like Jewish people that were like so like skinny and emaciated, like, yeah. Yeah, and like and like they're getting like burned alive and all right. this stuff you're like you're like who's filming this like, who is like actually going like all right i got it like it's like who is that sadistic to like no i'm not saying these men are sadistic yeah. but i'm just saying like who's filming it and well, like it's kind of nice yeah. that like these men are there and they're filming it because you're people took like, pictures yeah yeah but like it's just all like it's like it's like you're just showing them like what they had to go through because they had to film like whatever like yeah they had to film and it's like I was just I was just fascinated by the documentary because like I just I was like wow like you yeah. guys are actually on the battlefield right and they now. show actually certain glimpses they don't show everything but there's scenes where they're bagging up dead bodies and there's like a fucking dude without a face and there's like you know no uh, guys with eyes missing and uh, yeah it's, it's you, you know what uh, one movie uh, I recently watched it was good uh, I don't know if you watched it but Lord of War I never saw Lord of War Can't, uh, so. Uh, j- Jared Leto and uh, it's Nicholas Cage and Nicholas right? Cage, yeah. but it's interesting because I, um, it's kind of like Nicholas Cage, like, like the character that he's playing is like kind of like making fun of war because he's kind of like saying like, okay, like yes, this person wants to go to war, which is the United States, right. but they're also selling guns to these people. Yeah, they're selling guns to these people. They're selling guns to these people, and they're all like, kind of depicting like they're against guns, but they're really for guns, which is gonna drive up the money for him, which is gonna sell more war. Right. So like he's what he's saying is like no matter what, I'll never go to jail because I'll always have a job in me, which is like helping these wars with these wars with these wars. So all there's all these like little mini wars that's gonna help him. And at the end of the day, like he is like the scapegoat for America to be like, it was like, no, we didn't sell these guns. This guy sold the guns. This guy, this gun runner right here. So it's like, it's kind of interesting where like, it's, it's, it's a very like evil sadistic movie where you're kind of going like, oh, like the, like it's America that's actually selling like, and all these other like nations that are selling the guns, but not just guns, but actual artillery and jets and all kinds of shit. They've had to shoot down their own shit. but, But he's like a used car salesman, which is like, he's taking all the used guns and bringing it to the communists, to the fascists, to the, to the, uh, uh, a, a, a radical Islamist and like and all these people and they're selling it to them and then like and then he's going like no they use me as a scapegoat to say like I'm the one that's selling these guns yeah when in, in reality it's them it's exactly yeah. them exactly which but no is, it's all an industry which is way more sadistic and evil compared to all the other movies that we just talked about because it's like it's just showing like a level of like look at the financial evil that war does. Which is like what War Dogs did, which is what Lord of War did, which is like right. showing like 
an evil side of like, I'm going to sell you guns to make me money. But at the end of the day, you're going to use these guns to kill people. Right. Which is way more evil than anything else. You know, I, I really like that. But all I heard from your speech was, fuck, I really need to become a gun runner. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make that cash money. I am brown, so it would it would definitely happen for me. For you, maybe I don't know. For me, I I mean, I'd have to go through. You go. I mean, is is you could join the IRS? The IRA, you mean? Yeah, IRA or the IRS. I mean, the IRS definitely has like a a fixer. Is it the IRA? The yeah. The IRA is the Irish Republican Army. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are like illegal gun runners? Are they woke now? Are they diversifying? Or do they have like a quota? Like, okay, we don't. Yeah, they have a they have know. a they have a disabled Muslim uh, transgender woman just giving out the guns. Yeah, like so. If I went up to them, like if I went on the black market or the dark web, and I said, "Hey, I'd like to become an illegal gun runner," they'd be like, um, "Straight white male, no thanks." <laughs> okay, not till February. We gotta. I'm kidding. Just for the record, I don't want to be a gun runner. I want to be a comedian. Okay. Comedian. I want to kill people another way. Comedian. I want to kill audiences the right way i gotta ask you though are you like so or do you not like western movies like i, I love western movies. okay cool because like i just feel like a lot of people nowadays they don't want to like like i feel like westerns are it's sad like i just like i, I well, love they, westerns so much but i don't feel like people want to talk about it anymore well i feel the exact same way with comedy movie which is another conversation we can have is they're not doing great comedy movies anymore and i feel like they need more of those than they do like westerns are terrific. Well, I, like, what do you like? Okay, like from your childhood, what do you think is like a good comedy? Movie? A good comedy movie? Oh, I mean, like fucking. I mean, I have different phases. If we're talking nineties, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire ruled. Something about Mary was incredible. Something about Mary I saw when I was eight. Like I, I knew what cum was at eight years old because of something about Mary. I'm trying like, to think of like a good nineties, uh, um, like sitcom i mean not sitcom uh movie that like i do like mrs doubtfire for sure uh oh uh ace ventura ace ventura but we'll know all the jim carrey movies obviously so liar 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 for sure yeah if i mean if i'm doing a top five 90s comedies for me something about mary um you know you know what it is you know what it is alex it's doubtfire too many too many producers well hang on we we, just let, let me um because we're getting into something really good here. But what it, I mean, they just Flubber. don't. Flubber was okay. Flubber was okay. Let, let's, let's. Um, I bet if you watch Flubber now as a 30 year old man, you would go back and go, oh, this is complete dog shit. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. I haven't seen Flubber in like a long time. Well, Flubber, I remember seeing it in theaters. I remember I saw it at the Air Mills Town Center movie theater when they had a movie theater there, which they're bringing back now, which seems really cool. It was my hometown theater. And I remember seeing it with my dad and going, this is the coolest thing ever. I mean, it's it's dancing jello, basically, which I thought was fun as a six-year-old with no brain. And then I probably would go back now and just think, oh, does, doesn't it make, don't they put it on their shoe? And it makes them like the, that same sort of substance and it makes them jump higher. I love how white basketball players need literal jello on their shoes in order to jump that's all that. Me- that's all the message of that movie was to me. White boy, je- white boy can jump. <laughs> <laughs> Flubber too. White boys, white men can't jump. Uh, it's a crossover. God, I'm trying to remember '90s. 
You know, Jim Carrey, honestly, Jim Carrey's discography, like, it's not a 90s film, but, like, one of the movies that made me always go, like, I love Jim Carrey no matter what, is Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty, I just rewatched about two weeks ago. It's incredible. It's an incredible movie. I, I I think it's definitely funny. I mean, I think it's funnier than most comedies today. Like, the worst comedies from the early 2000s, like the ones you'll see that have maybe a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, I will go back and watch those and get more laughs out of those than I will any 95% comedy today. Yeah. I find, it, I, I find it's just pure comedy. There are certain, like, like okay, so here, here like, I, I've noticed that, like, when, like, comedies were getting bad, obviously, like, anyone, like, with, like, two brain cells could realize that. But, um, they were like, okay, like Hangover like stuck out completely. Sure. And I think one of the reasons why Hangover stuck out is because I don't think they did a lot of press during that movie because there were like a lot of no-name actors. Ed Helms was like... Ed Helms was like the biggest because of The Office. No, not really because I feel like Ed Helms did not have that of a, like a gravity towards that movie because like, yes, he was on The Office, but like yeah. at the same time, like really, like, dude, I, I could tell you this right now. I remember when that trailer came out yeah. no one gave a fuck about that movie well no and it's similar to another movie that we but hang on uh, another movie we can talk about in a second which is super bad which is my favorite comedy of all time um but yeah bradley but like, cooper super, was not but super bad is like is like our movie it's like it's like um it's like right. fast uh, fast times at ridgemont high well, it's, like it's like uh, our breakfast like right like that's our movie where like millennials will be like that's our movie yeah. that's the movie that will resonate with us no matter for what for sure well we will we'll go back to superbad in a second but for the hangover i mean yeah you had three breakout roles in that i mean bradley cooper who obviously became the biggest of those stars right galifianakis was in movies and shit but bradley cooper was like no Oscars. you know you know like i i like go back and listen to the pete holmes podcast with zach galifianakis he actually openly said he's like no one knew who the fuck i was yeah. until that movie right no one gave a fuck no if i did any role until that then people were like we like you we love you you are right. jesus like that was the movie. You that are was, Fat Jesus. You are Fat Jesus. You are the movie. Like, that is who you are. Like, they worshipped Zach Galifianakis after right. that movie. But I'm telling you, man, like, those three guys, when they were doing that, like, that's bold as fuck nowadays to put sure. three no-name actors. It, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be done. Yeah. Like, Bradley Cooper was coming off of that hmm. um, fucking, uh, like, Wedding Crashers movie. Well, Bradley Cooper had, I was going to say, Wedding Crashers to his name. A couple other movies, and then he had another movie called Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, 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 where yeah I think he yeah. was the friend or something. Or what? What was he? I think was he a? Was I he do a douche remember he was too? in that movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Yes too. Man, he was. He was in that, but he was a lawyer friend. Yeah, yeah, he was his buddy who just miraculously gets him out of a jam look, when but, he's but, accused but, of being a terrorist. But look at but look at all but look at all the 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 roles that they had. They never had the leading role. Ed Helms, no. even he was in Office. He was funny. Like right. you could, you could, you could say he like he wasn't like like you could be like, oh, Dwight was my favorite, and Michael was my favorite, Angela. But like, yeah. um, Andy was a funny character, but he was he the main role? No, it no. was always Michael. Right. And then he did Hangover, and then he blew the fuck up. It's the same thing with like Bradley Cooper and Zach. Is Zach Galifianakis did not have like. A significant like position in um hollywood 
No. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was very vocal on that podcast because he, he was saying that like, I don't think I was as big as you guys think I was. No. Because like for him subconsciously, he was going like, I think that like I was really small until this movie broke me out and made sure. me the movie star that I am today, which right. is like whatever. But like, I think that like, even like, um, even uh, horrible bosses, I don't think Charlie Day like was like, I think like no. always fun sunny in Philadelphia was a good movie. But then like, once Horrible Bosses came out, they're like, we really like this guy. What other shit that does he have? Right. It, I think it happens with like, anybody that's like so funny, they stick out. Yeah. That, that Then everyone goes and discovers their other like yeah. pieces of work that they've but done. W- with Horrible Bosses, there was already like two established stars in that. There was uh, Jason Bateman and then Sudeikis. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then you had like obviously Spacey, R.I.P., and uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, who else? Who else? Okay, but let me the be mother on- from Modern okay, but, Family. But be Julie, honest with you. Be honest with you. Who stuck out the most? It was Charlie Day. Charlie Day out of those friends. I mean, fucking Spacey was like Spacey. But I personally think Charlie Day stole every single scene. It's like the exact same thing with Always uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia because he always stole every single scene. He right. was he was as good as anyone on like. Everyone on that show is good. They're funny. One, don't don't get me wrong. One of my but Charlie biggest, Day steals every single scene. One of my biggest regrets in life is that I have not yet watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Really? I've seen I've seen a few episodes. I've seen some of the earlier episodes. Really? Yeah. It's a good show, man. I know. Um I know it's a good show. I mean the the episodes that I've seen have been good, but I, I think I watched the first season. My buddy like, lent me the but like, DVDs. I'm trying to think of nineties comedies right now but i can't think of it. oh the mask the mask okay so hang on because we we've gone fucking everywhere like we're, we're like sorry, the, the sorry. adhd in this room alone could cause an explosion sorry sorry um the uh so n- top five 90s comedies um mrs dowfire for me mrs dowfire we'll go through our top five for me mrs dowfire there's something about mary too Liar, liar, dumb and dumber. And I'm trying to think of, uh, I got to go. This wasn't one from my childhood. I saw it when I was probably 15, 16. But The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski is number one for me in terms of 90s comedies. It's one of the funniest movies ever made. Okay. um, I would say Ace Ventura. And the only reason I say Ace Ventura is because I'm a metalhead and like, the only reason I like Ace Ventura is because Cannibal Corpse is in the movie, which is my favorite thing about right. it. Oh, during the concert when, yeah, he, when yeah, he goes yeah. to that club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and also you find out late I, I found out through the Cannibal Corpse documentary that uh Jim Carrey was a massive metalhead. Right. He like loved Napalm Death, Death, uh Cannibal Corpse. So Jim Carrey in a mosh pit would be deadly. Oh man, I would I would pray to god to see that and he was like our age when he did that movie too yeah exactly that's why like he he actually he actually asked the 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 members of cannibal corpse he's like can you 
can you play skull full of, full of maggots and and they're like oh dude we haven't played that in like years yeah. like, they were like so awkward around him he's like he's like you know we're on our second album right and he goes yeah. like he's like but can you still play it they're like no we don't understand we don't remember the chords like yeah. he's like he was like so disappointed in them for not remembering it but just the originality of that movie i mean and you don't see this today like the idea that he goes to a metal show and then goes down to the basement just because there's a guy who happens to live down there who can use a computer to <laughs> translate whales yeah. is just is like the fucking drugs that you would have to be on a thing like it's it's perfect like that's, and, that's and hilarious also my favorite thing is concept. like is like it's like the way he walks into the concert too where he's just like he's just kind of just like he's just kind of like just shifting his body back and forth and then after he gets on the stage and he just starts like screaming just like the vocalist and yeah. they're like they're playing like one of like the biggest songs in yeah. that discography of that band it's i don't like, know cannibal corpse but so like they're they're like they're playing like they're playing this song called hammer smash face like it's like it's like this big song that like if anyone from that con- like if like they were losing their fucking mind just playing right. that song but i'm just saying that like that's my favorite that's my favorite um mrs doubtfire was a great movie just the just the execution of that movie yeah. i just loved uh, I don't think Big Daddy was. Oh, we forgot the Sandler comedies. Um, Fucking wedding, like it's impossible to do a top five because I, 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 I. Each one of these movies that we've talked about does hold like a special place. Okay, in my okay. Heart. You know what? You know what? You know what? I'll say this right now. Uh, one of my favorite kid kids movies that were from the nineties, The Little Rascals. That's a kid. That's a kid's I, movie that holds up. I liked it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it in twenty years, but. Uh, me and my girl watched it recently. It was funny. I, th- I think I think you should go back and watch it because it still holds up. It's yeah. still a funny movie. It's still like it has like good like <laughs> she sh- she's showing me Night at the Roxbury. Oh, Night of the Rock. Okay, Night of the Roxbury wasn't bad. Yeah, I remember that. But um... I think like a lot of movies back in the day were good because like I don't think that there was like too much like executive like hands in it so like right. everyone was no. kind of like fucking around because that's what like that's what made like pulp fiction so good that one made like, oh, like jackie like, brown so good like they were like no executive right. hands around it they were like well, tr- not trying to make it woke not trying to make it like politically correct no. not trying to make it like the woke all shit. these things because like people were just like let's just enjoy this movie for what it is no uh, i mean b- people definitely had different sensibilities and again those sensibilities in terms of entertainment i mean you do you want people watching your movie that are just going to laugh at it and they're not going to be fucking offended and start bitching and crying on Twitter. And, you know, you got this guy with an avatar of just, you know, some anime character. I think fucking I think, complaining about your movie. I think like a lot of people, they always wonder, like, what did internet what did the Internet ruin? It's it's movies because yeah. movies, you can't like just make a movie and just enjoy it. That's why, like you and me, we always talk about this, like we be like, right butchered this conversation but we've never said it on the podcast or anything the safki brothers are having like a great time making movies right, right now and i'm so excited to see their next movie like uncut gems is a great movie good times is a great movie like all these movies that they're, they're not making, mainstream though but then they're not mainstream but like yeah. i love the fact that they made these movies because like they're gritty they're dark they have this like sense of like what the fuck are you gonna right. do in these movies? Like, who are these people? Like, that renewed my love for Adam Sandler because for a long time I was just like, oh, he's Jack and Jill, fucking what, whatever Drew Barrymore he, movie he was doing, where it's like them on a trip to Africa. Like, I Sandler is so fucking good in that movie, 
Yeah, I think I think my favorite thing is the fact that like they could they could take a care they could take a guy like look look uh, you know what it was actually really funny I was actually talking to my girl about this day think about it like this Robert Pattinson was the most hated man I was about in, to bring up Pattinson. in the movie industry because of Twilight and then they made him the most likable human being on earth. Because of the movie Good Times. Well, in real life, I mean, the character is just fucking no, no, no. Reprehensible. I, I, I understand that, but like, I mean, like in the sense of like, the movie was so good, yeah, that like it like, rev- like 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 he just was just reborn. He would just became right. like a good actor, and like no. everyone was like, "Oh, you're actually like a good actor. You're not like some like yeah." And I think like that's like what. Uh, Jamie Dorn, like I think he needs to just contact the Safdie brothers now. Well, no, he did another movie last year called Belfast, which was like a big. I think I I, I I actually really like the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. I yeah. remember he did that uh, that series, The Killing, or something like that. I don't remember anything. I'm I'm anybody who has anything to do with Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, no, I immediately write off as a human being. What about Dakota Johnson? Because Dakota oh, Dakota Johnson- Johnson's. Yeah, I like Dakota. What Johnson. is up with this? Like, I look, I, I was actually talking to my girl about this because, like, what is up with the with the obsession with Dakota Johnson? Like, why do you guys? Well, have... she's Melanie Griffith and John Don Johnson's daughter, and they were two famous actors. No, I understand that. But well, like, that, that's how she is, got like, in. Has like a massive boner for her. Well, because she's hot and she looks like a regular person. She doesn't look like just somebody that the internet fucking made with a computer. Oh, like Sydney Sweeney? Yes. No, Sydney Sweeney looks fine. I don't know. I don't know much about Sydney Sweeney. She, uh... Sydney Sweeney is actually, like, a pretty good-looking girl. Like, I, like... She's pretty hot. She's a Euphoria, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know who my favorite Euphoria actress is, by the way? It's, uh... It's, uh... The the Spanish girl on the show. Because I feel like she keeps a very, like, low-key, like, Hollywood-esque type of, like, atmosphere around right. her. Where she just kind of is, like, doing the right interviews at the right time. Yeah. Like... You don't really like know who she really is. She does her roles and then she just gets the fuck out. Yeah. She was also like in mid nineties, and I didn't even know she was in mid nineties for like the longest time. I actually who? went on her IMDb. Was that the girl that he fingers? Yeah. 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 Like she. That just... was a wild scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was just just weird as fuck. Yeah. Okay, can I just go back to westerns, by the way? Because like I just yeah, because I want to talk about super bad. I want to talk about a couple things. Okay, okay, because uh, we we've gotten into some. Uh, okay, well, what do you what do you want to say about super bad? Because I'm actually curious about super bad. Well, no, because we were taught you mentioned super bad, or I mentioned. I think it was, was it me who mentioned super bad. It was something, whatever. I I brought it up and. Uh, no, we, just, we were talking about the 2000s, like Hangover and like those comedies from that era, and I feel super bad was another. Oh, super bad. This is how it came up. Superbad was another comedy film with two relative unknowns. Like Jonah Hill had been in movies, but he hadn't. He wasn't a breakout star. He was in that movie. Wasn't ex- a household uh, name. Accepted. You remember that movie? He was an accepted, but he was just dressing up as a hot dog and asking women to jerk him off. Um, that was just kind of his. That was his role. Yes, yes, but like yeah. he was more like, uh, like I, I really love that movie because like it was kind of like the the prototype to what. Jonah was like, like what Seth in the movie Superbad was gonna be because like he had this like, like good comedic like timing, mm-hmm. but then like the minute he did Superbad, it was just full throttle like it's yeah. just like like 
it really felt like you were friends with like a comedian. Well, that's what it felt like when you were watching that movie. The movie catapulted, I think, five stars, really. Like Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, obviously, but Bill Hader. Bill Hader was on SNL, but he became like a household name through that movie. Same with Seth Rogen and uh, Emma Stone. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Emma Stone is like. Emma Stone should have just been like a whatever, but like. Yeah. It's insane that they even well, took her on board. The thing I love about Superbad is that it, it's with all these TV shows now, even Euphoria, uh, the 13 Reasons Why show, all of these kids, all of these people, they're 25-year-olds playing teenagers, they all look like they've been ripped out of Vogue magazine, right? They don't look like normal people. Like, in high school, you had, you had fatties, you had people who were pimple-faced, the jocks had tits. The fucking everybody just looked like normal people. They were all like they they had physical flaws, which is what made them look human. In Superbad, in in Superbad, you have these two guys. They look like the most awkward people on the face of the earth, right? They look like actual people. They look like somebody again. In high school, I was a lanky, skinny, pimple-faced queef. To be honest, like when you even watch like Emma Stone's character, I actually felt like I could talk to her. Yeah, she looks like it. That's it. That's my point. She looks like a normal girl next door type person. She again is she's attractive in that movie. She's no, she's she's, she's so hot. She's, but like it's but like she looks like a normal person. Like she she looks hot. Like she looks a tameable hot. Yeah, which that's is it. like uh like something that like even like John Hughes movies yeah. had. Because like Pretty in Pink, uh, Breakfast Club, yeah. uh, I don't know, weird like not weird science, but like um, I don't know, like uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like right. the, the girls in the movie, they weren't like extraordinary hot, but they were hot in the sense of like they were realistic hot. But it, it's, uh, I mean, super bad. It brings it to another level because these are guys who are not traditionally particularly attractive, right? Jonah but, like, Hill even, is like, but, like, massively you, overweight. Michael Sarah is just kind of scrawny. Lanky He's not this fucking weird, jock, yeah. chiseled jawline type dude. And it's a movie that just happened to come out at a time when I was the exact same like, age as those characters. I'm not, and it resonated like, okay, here's with me. Like, I'm not being like a dick or anything. I'm, I'm sure. not trying to be an asshole. But like subconsciously, like think about the girls uh, they attracted or they, they were attracted to. Like Emma Stone is not like a bombshell in that movie. She's not like so hard that you're like, I can never get this girl. She's like actually like very normal and very, I think that's like subconsciously what the directors and the production staff that were trying to do. They were trying to make these girls so realistic that you were like, I think I can meet this girl at a party. I did not know who she was and I could probably try to like have sex with her. Yeah. Even with the girl that like uh, Michael Sarah has sex, almost has sex with. Yeah. Like even like Fogel, the only guy who loses virginity is Fogel. Yeah, but like Fogel, even the girl that he like has sex with is like not like bombshell. Like no. she's hot to a yeah. certain degree, but like she's not like so hot where you're just like like where you're watching and you go like 
there's no fucking way this girl would touch him. Well, that, that, that's but, the whole joke of like she thinks that he's a fucking organ donor, twenty five year old guy, whatever. He basically lies to this chick. No, to no I un- I understand that, but I'm, I'm just saying that like probably when I'm watching the movie, I'm like when I watched it for the first time, I was like looking at this girl. I'm like, well, she's hot, but like she's not like so hot where like it's unbelievable because there's right. like there's like a level of like the audience is like watching the movie yeah. where you're like we're like can i believe this yeah or can i not believe this and there's like a level of like that girl being like hot but yeah. not being so hot where you're just like yeah i don't believe anything that you're saying right now it's the most grounded or one of the most grounded teen films probably ever i mean fast times of ridgemont high is pretty obvious Daisy and confused is another one but I mean, just the level, the length that they went to to just depict realistic high school students who were awkward, who you were, again, not the most attractive. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say Jonah Hill's ugly, but he's again, like he's an overweight dude who's awkward and neurotic and all these things like his personality to a lot of people would be a turnoff. The one thing is that he is funny and he is relatable to a degree, which is why you're siding with him. I mean, it it is very much based in. The reality of high school, because I was one of those kids. I wasn't getting laid. I think in that's high why, like, a lot of kids resonated with it, because, like, for sure, like, think about it, like from the phone call to them like hanging out to yeah. like every single scene. It's it's cut, it's sliced, it's perfectly like yeah. if you look at every single scene from like what they try to do to get laid. Every guy can relate to that. Yeah. And maybe some girls can relate to it too. I'm not saying like girls can't relate to that. Well, the movie. girl's version is mean girls. I the, feel the, the girl yeah. version is mean girls yeah. because because like the girl version not as raunchy, but it's not raunchy. But yeah. you know what? Like the, the fucked up thing is like a lot of girls are like, oh, like men are not giving women chances in movies. It's like, dude, we gave you a per. This is a layup. One of the most memorable. That is a layup. Ever. That is like that is a perfect layup for yeah. any girl movie ever. Like, yeah, girls love it men live out like I, men quote I, it yeah dude i like dude like i love mean girls like, yeah. I, i'll watch it any day of the week and like i will be like this is a great movie it knows what it's doing it's executed very yeah. well like no one is fucking up right now and right. also i think it has a very like seinfeld feel towards it because i feel like there were like they were like, okay, these people are not comedic, right? But we will make them comedic, right? Which is like a very smart execution, yeah. Because like, like Julia Dreyfus is not a comedian, Jason Alexander is not a comedian, Michael Richard is absolutely they're, not a comedian. They're comedic like, actors, though, they're, right? They're comedic actors, but they're not like they they don't have like a comedian background. So like, obviously, like Tina Fey. And I, I, I believe Amy Poehler was writing it with her too. No, Tina Fey, I think, wrote the screenplay herself. You know, I forget she did, the director. But like Amy Poehler yeah. did help, like help, like. But like, obviously, like people were there to help the actors that are not really comedic, which is like Regina, Regina George, Lindsay Lohan, right. all these people, like Gretchen Wiener, like yeah. all these people to like come out with like good roles and good timing and good everything to like have these positions to say something and then when they say it you go right. like that's really funny like fetch should not be funny but it's funny now no it's, it's like it's like it's like it's uh yeah it's like uh my, my father is the founder of toaster strudel yeah who the fuck cares yeah but it's still fucking funny today well it's it's also i mean yeah i think it realistically because there were girls like i went to middle school and there were girls exactly like that there were they were they were very cliquey. 
They had their own slang words. They had everything. And I think it, it accurately, for a young girl watching that movie, you kind of are seeing your life, which is what, again, Superbad did, I think, for young boys from this era. Like, I, I think it's very... I think personally, Cut to the like, chase. I, I think personally, like Superbad and Mean Girls, like were the nail on the, uh, yeah. on the like they they were the yeah they just cemented what comedy is going to be, and then they just just destroyed everything at that point. Like yeah. no one could ever touch comedy at that point. No, because like all the other movies were just like eh. like Hangover was good, but it was. It's not nearly super bad to me. Doesn't it, it doesn't like, mean as much as super bad? It doesn't to me. like like I like maybe I'll go out and have fun with my friends and we'll be like that was like a hangover moment. Yeah, but like super bad has moments. Like dude, people quote it till today. Well, it's the like, same thing with like, people like yeah. still like like no matter race, no matter what culture, no matter what like they'll yeah. be like. Like they will still be like, I'll cut your fucking face, put it over mine, and grab that alcohol for for, for me. And then they're like, you don't have the technology or the steady hands to pull off that procedure. Yeah. So ha, peace. It's like, who remembers? But, that? but it's just all the memes. Well, actually, going back, this is interesting about Mean Girls. Before we go back to Superbad, because I have so much to say about Superbad. But I mean, Mean Girls. I don't think Tina Fey knew what she had created at that point. I mean. I, I like Tina Fey a lot. I think she's really talented. I think she's all these things. But with that screenplay for Mean Girls, I mean, it, that movie came out in 2004. 2004. It was fucking almost 20 years ago. And I mean, that the whole concept of the burn book, this book with people's pictures on it, where all you do is just write mean insults. You're fat. You're, you're a lesbian. You're this and that. You know, spreading rumors, all kinds of shit. And... I mean, it's social media. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, it yeah, really yeah, is, and yeah. like the fact that it 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 starts a riot in the end is like that. That's essentially what you know. The whole school almost goes up in flames because she throws the papers out, and everybody's reading all these mean comments and all these different shit. And and which is also a very funny scene. One of the funnier scenes in the movie is when they're in the gymnasium. I will keep you here for the rest of the night. We can only keep him here till four. I will keep you here until four. Tim Meadows is great in that movie. My favorite, my 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 favorite is like is like she doesn't even go here. Oh yeah. Oh, that's another one. That's another quotable yeah, scene. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to write everything like you're fat, you're you're so and so's gay, you're a slut, you're a blah blah blah. slut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like there's so many like scenes in that movie where like it's i i love that where they're like breaking yeah. down uh regina right it's like i love that girl's like regina punched me in the face and it was so worth it yeah <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> mitchell before we end fire out your socials i should have told you to do this in the beginning uh follow me on tiktok the daily mitch one and uh uh the instagram the daily mitch and uh yeah that's it awesome all right this has been uh something's off episode i don't know four infinity whatever we're doing i forget the episode number uh get me on social media alex dewitt comedy on instagram then alex dewitt uh, 50 something on tiktok i don't know just look for me you idiots uh all right darkers